Well, I hope you're also blessed to join us online, wherever you're watching from. Know that God is with you. And today is a very special message. I'm going to be sharing some things that the Lord revealed to me as I was studying yesterday, and it really blessed my heart. And I've never really heard anyone teach these things, and it's all from the Word, and it's going to really, really bless you. The message is entitled, Hearing the Father's Voice. Hearing the Father's Voice. And I'm going to begin... So many first moments. ...by showing you a YouTube video. All right, let's watch the video first. There are so many first moments to remember with children, their first step, their first word, but tonight a different kind of first, a little boy about to hear his dad's voice for the first time. This is the moment so many people are talking about. Grayson Clamp, three years old, had never heard his father before. Talk to him, Daddy. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. <laughs> Grayson points his Daddy. finger there, hearing sound for the first time ever. Can you hear Daddy? Yeah. Daddy loves you. Grayson was born without nerves in either of his ears. Watch as his father tries to talk with his little boy, who in this moment has turned back to his book. Show me, puppy. And little Grayson points to the puppy on that book. As the moment unfolds, Dad simply asks his little boy a question. You hear Daddy? Yes. Everyone in the room recognizing yes. it's almost too much for this little boy to comprehend at first. It's now been a month, though, since that moment, and Grayson's mother tonight telling us she remembers it like it just happened. A mix of overwhelming joy, relief, excitement. Without those nerves in his ears, a cochlear implant at 18 months old didn't work. So here's what doctors did instead. An experimental procedure, complex brain surgery. So rare, he's the first child to have it in the U.S. Bypassing the ears altogether, surgeons inserted a tiny microchip directly onto the brain's sound processing center, right there on the brainstem, to stimulate hearing, skipping the ears, and going straight for the brain. The operation took eight hours, four weeks he would spend in the hospital sleeping with that teddy bear. Grayson's mother telling us her son transformed. He's more aware of what's going on around him. Both parents knowing the first words he heard, Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. <laughs> Amen. See, did you see that obvious joy and delight in the face of the child? The way he reacted to when he hears his father's voice for the first time. I think that's a really great example of how God made us. God made us to respond to our father's voice. God made us to respond to our parents. That is the way he made us. In Genesis, the Bible says that God made man and woman in His image. The man and the woman, the father and the mother, in His image. And out of the father and the mother come the children. And in the relationship of the father and the mother and the children, you see, the children begin to understand identity, security, acceptance, authority, ability because when God blessed Adam and Eve in the beginning God blessed them with identity in my image acceptance relationship ability 
have dominion over the earth, be fruitful and multiply, and also security. So in the same relationship that we have with our earthly parents, we learn identity, security, ability, acceptance, and so on. And in the relationship with the parents, particularly the father, hearing positive words of affirmation, I love you, I accept you, I'm with you, go on, I'm supporting you. Hearing the voice of the father becomes so important for children to be established in these truths that are so vital to our success. The Hebrew word for father is the word Abba. Can you say Abba with me? And I want you to look up there on the screen because there's a difference between the ancient Hebrew and modern Hebrew. In ancient Hebrew, you can see those two pictographs. Abba comes from the um, Hebrew letters Aleph, Beth, the first two. And the pictogram is on the top, and that's the modern Hebrew letters, Aleph and Beth, okay? So what we see here is that the pictograph, Aleph, represents strength, strength. Go back to the next slide, guys. The pictograph, Aleph, represents strength, or the strong one at home. And the pictogram, uh, Beth, it represents house, house. Bethlehem, house of bread. Bethel, house of God. Right? So the pictogram Beth represents a house. So if you combine those two, Abba, Aleph, Beth, what it really means is this. The strength of the house. If you go back to the next slide, go to the next slide, guys. The strength of the house. The tent poles which hold up the tent or the foundation for us today. So it also means the father who holds up the family the household. Or we can also say, since Aleph is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet, the first of the house. So the father is the originator of the family. He provides the strength, the support, and structure to the household. And the father in the Hebrew context fulfilled many functions for the family. He was the commander of the family army, provider of offsprings to continue the family line, the priest and the teacher. And the father could be of the immediate family or a lineage such as Jacob, who is the father of the Israelites, or we say the father of the nation, Mahatma Gandhi. All right? So we need to understand the word father from this biblical perspective. That he's the one called to be the strength of the house. The first of the house. He's the one called to be the foundation of the house. The one that holds up the house. So his faith, his character, his attitude, his leadership, it matters tremendously to the way a family is brought up. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 6 that God is the father of Israel. Do you thus deal with the Lord of foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father who bought you? Has he not made you and established you? In Malachi chapter 2 verse 10, the Bible says that God is the father of all men. Have we not all one father? Has not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously with one another by profaning the covenant of the fathers? 
So the Bible says that all of us are created. We are originated from one being who is almighty God. Amen. When Jesus came in his earthly ministry, he presented the picture of God as heavenly father. Do not worry what you will eat, what you will drink. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. When you pray, pray to your heavenly father, Abba in heaven. So Jesus wanted to present the true image of God that he is father. That he is father. And that's why for Jesus' ministry, hearing the voice of the father is so crucial to his success. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3. And herein we will see the power and the effects of hearing the father's voice. Hearing the father's voice. And this was a revelation and it really, really blew my mind. And I believe it will too, to you today. Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. And suddenly a voice came from heaven. A voice from home. Because Jesus left heaven and came to the earth. So a voice came from heaven. A voice from home. You know, when I was in boarding school or when I would be in college in Delhi. Once in a while I would call home. Not because I had a crisis. But of course, most times because I wanted money. But once in a while I would call home, not because I had a crisis or I was going through anything terrible. I just wanted to hear my mother's voice. I just wanted to hear my father's voice. And hearing a voice from home, it brought a lot of peace and security and contentment in my heart. So Jesus hears a voice from home saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son. A voice of love. A voice of affirmation. A voice that communicates acceptance. Security. Hallelujah. See, this was the first of three times that Jesus heard the audible voice of God. Second time on the Mount of Transfiguration. And the third while Jesus was teaching his disciples and also speaking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees in John chapter 12. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 4 and we will see what this word, what this affirmation produces in Jesus' life. Remember, this is the heavenly father speaking to Jesus and affirming Jesus to everyone. Then Jesus was fled up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The first thing we see here is this. The moment Jesus hears, This is my beloved son. He receives the assurance and the confidence to step out boldly into the ministry. Remember, before this, he was a carpenter. But now he's going to leave all of that and step into the traveling ministry as an evangelist. But the faith, the confidence, and the confirmation that it is time, it came when the father said, you are my beloved son. Not only that, Jesus lived on these words of the Father. 
for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was able to endure the pain in his body and also the temptation of Satan. Remember Jesus said, man shall not live by bread, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, the mouth of the Father. So from the mouth of the Father came these words, this is my beloved son. Jesus lived on those words. Those words were his bread. Those words were his strength for 40 days and 40 nights. See, it produced so much strength and courage in him. But the main point is this, and there are three main points here. Jesus received security in his identity. Confident security. I am the son of God. So that when Satan comes and says, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. That was a temptation. The temptation was this. Prove you are the son of God by your actions. Jesus said, I have no need to prove anything except my Father's word, except my Father's voice. This is a temptation that Satan brings to every Christian. He will come and tell you, if you are the Son of God, prove, proof by being holy. Proof, proof by your works. We don't have to prove by our works that we are sons of God. We prove how? Because the Father's declaration over our lives i believe and that's enough i believe his word jesus believed the father's word and he said i have no need to prove i am the son of god the father's word over me is enough your identity is not based on your works your identity is based in the father's affirmation if god says you are righteous that's enough it is not based on your works or your behavior. That's where he had the ability to overcome the temptation of Satan. If you are. But the father already said you are. See, that's how Satan comes to you today and says, if you are healed, you should be healed. No, I am healed because the father says I am healed. If you are prosperous, you should be prospering. No, I am prosperous because the father says I am prosperous in Christ. Hallelujah. Look at the next. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God. Seems like the devil is the master of the if. If. Nah? That's where a lot of social media people are. If, if, if. See, don't listen to a lot of ifs. Christians don't live in ifs. We live in it is written. Amen. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, don't live in the if. Live in the word. It is written. Amen. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. Even Satan, he quotes the word. And in their hands they shall bear them up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Psalms 91. Verse 7. Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. What is this? See, Satan was telling Jesus, if you are the son of God, or in other words, if God really loves you, nah, you can jump from the top of this temple and your father will send angels to hold you. So if you want to prove that God loves you, jump. Right? 
So Satan was trying to point Jesus not to the Father's word, but to the circumstances of life. If God loves you, why are you sick? If God loves you, why are you broke? If God loves you, why are you husband and wife fighting? If God loves you, why is your life like this? If the Father loves you, this thing should not be happening to you. That's what Satan says. If God loves you, go and jump in front of the bus. God will send angels to stop the bus. If God loves you, if you believe in the word of God, go. Go to the sick people and put all the germs on you. Some people have said this during the coronavirus time. You know what that is? That is called tempting the Lord. I have no need of any proof that God loves me except His word. That's it. My circumstances, my finances, my healing, good things in my life, my blessings. I don't need confirmation from life. I don't need confirmation from circumstances that God loves me. His word is enough. Hallelujah. His word is enough. And that's why Jesus said, I'm not moving. The Father said it, it's enough. Satan, don't tempt God. I'm living out of my Father's word and not out, out of my circumstances. Look at the third thing. So Satan comes to him again, takes him on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. That's what many of you need to do to Satan. Away with you. Jeremy. That's how we should be to the devil. He's a stinky fellow. Don't bring him into your house. Oh man, what is the point here? The point here is this. Satan knew Jesus had come with a purpose. So Satan is saying to him, I know you have come to fulfill the purpose. Fine, I will help you. Just do it my way. Do it my way. I know you want to be rich. Fine, let's make you corrupt. Right? I know, I know that you really want to be famous to preach the gospel. Fine, let's get you into vanity. Let's get you into jealousy. See, he was trying to let Jesus trust in the ways of the world and not in the ways of God. And that's why Jesus says, I don't need to trust in you, Satan. Because my father says he loves me, I have complete trust in his ways. I will wait on him for his time. I will wait for him for his promotion. I will not be impatient. Impatience is the way Satan gets Christians. We're too impatient to be promoted, impatient to be blessed, impatient to see harvest, and so the compromise comes. Impatience. Young pastors, impatient. So they leave the church, start another church, break the church. Impatience. That's how Satan gets Christians. See, if you know your father loves you, Wait on Him. Waiting on Him because He loves you is the trust that you have. He loves me. Everything is happening to me today in God's plan. I will wait for His time because He loves me. His way is better than Satan's ways or the world's ways. Why? Because He loves me. All things will work together for my good because He loves me. Hallelujah. 
see what it produced. How powerful it is. How important it is for Christians to hear the voice of your father. This is not the only time when Jesus heard the voice of the father. In John chapter 5 verse 19 to 20, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. Jesus' assurance is this, because he loves me, he will show me what I need to do. And that is where your faith must also be. Because God loves me, He will show me. He will show me. He will speak to me. And Jesus heard from the Father on a regular basis. Look at John chapter 5 verse 30. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. See, Jesus' judgment came from hearing from God. Judgment is very important for every one of you today because every day you have to exercise your choice of judgment is this good for me this is not good for me this person is good or bad this comment that i should make on facebook is it good or is it bad should i do this should i not do that that's called judgment i'm not talking about judging the world and judging people as bad no i'm talking about your choices every choice you make is a judgment jesus judged based on what he heard from the father through the holy spirit May you also do the same. That you are not moved by what you see, what you hear from the world, but what you hear from the Father only. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. So Jesus heard on a regular basis. Everything He preached, everything He taught, everything He did. To the woman caught in adultery, I don't condemn you. When Nicodemus came, Jesus knew exactly what to say every time. I mean, it's amazing if you study Jesus in the Gospels, he knew exactly what to say to whom. And it was never the same to all people. To Nicodemus, get straight to the point, you must be born again. To the rich young ruler, get straight to the point. Keep all these commandments and then you'll be righteous. He said, I've kept all this. Get straight to the point. Sell all you have. To point to him, you have broken the whole. You have made money your God. Because he said, I can't sell all of these. Amen. Hallelujah. He knew exactly what to say, what to do every time. Every time. And where did that come from? It came from the Father. It came from the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus is the example of a man that is submitted to the Heavenly Father. Now, when I say that, some people may start getting scandalized. No, Jesus was God himself. Of course, he was God. But he was God and man in the same. But the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 and 7. That Jesus did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other words, Jesus did not consider divinity something to be, um, something to be grasped during his earthly life. In fact, the Bible says in verse 7. That he emptied himself in of all his privileges. Made himself of no reputation. It means he emptied himself of all his privileges as deity, as the son of God. And he came as a man, taking the bone of a man in the likeness of man. In other words, he willingly denied his divinity and he functioned as a man, submitted to the father through the agent of the Holy Spirit. 
making an example for all of us how we are also to live our lives. And because Jesus heard from the Father on a regular basis. Remember, Jesus had a very strong prayer life. He was always praying. All night he would pray. Because he heard. He only did what he saw the Father do. He only spoke what he heard the Father speak. His wisdom, his teaching was from the Father. That is why Jesus was so full of faith, wisdom, purpose, direction. He was never flustered. And the success in his ministry is based on him hearing from the Father, the Father's voice. How important it is for believers to hear the Father's voice. How important it is for you fathers, your children to hear your voice. Affirming you, guiding you, teaching you, showing you. Fathers do that to your children. You may be the greatest pilot in the world and you may have a manual that you have memorized completely how to fly the plane. But let me tell you this, when you are flying the plane, you are not only depending on your manual, you are dependent on the voice of the air traffic controller guiding you in your earpiece from the airport telling you what altitude to keep, what speed to maintain, how to enter into the airport. You have to listen to that voice on the other side. Otherwise, you will crash your plane. Many Christians crash. Why? Not that they don't know the Bible. They stop hearing the voice of God in a daily relationship. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. How did Jesus hear the Father's voice? Three things very quickly. Number one, from the Word of God. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 7, Jesus says, In the volume of the book, the Old Testament, it is written of me to do your will. He studied the book so much that when he was 12 years old, he was discussing with the scholars in Jerusalem, astounding them with his understanding. And when his mother came, he said, Why are you looking for me? Don't you know I must be about my father's business? Secondly, from the Holy Spirit, when he was filled at Jordan, from that moment on, he is yielded to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's presence, the Spirit's guidance. And he hears the Father's voice continually. Because thirdly, he's praying so regularly that he's always in unbroken communion and that is where he keeps on hearing from the Father. How do I hear the Father's voice today? As Christians, this is important. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. When I saw this, I was like blown away. I was like, wow. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. God, who at various times and in various space spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, our God is a speaking God. He loves to speak. Has in these last days, so our days, spoken to us. Come on, say this with me. Spoken to us. Come on, say it louder. Spoken to us. For those of you who are watching online, you may be wondering who am I talking to. I'm talking to a few that are gathered here this morning. And we have opened in a very small way next Sunday. We will open to a smaller, uh, slightly larger group. And we're just trying to test the waters, all right? So uh, if you really want to come and be a part next Sunday, let us know and we will make space for you. Spoken to us, spoken to us, spoken to us, spoken to us by His Son. 
by His Son. So in these last days, the Father speaks to us by His Son. Can you say Amen? Where? No, this does not mean that only Jesus will speak to us. I will, the Father will speak to Jesus. Jesus will speak to me. No. Let me show this, how it works. It's in the first John chapter 4. Because really, when you see in the book of Acts, the agents of revelation, who speaks to whom? The Father speaks at times. Jesus speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks. And the angel speaks. All of that comes from the Heavenly Father. But angels, the Holy Spirit, Jesus manifests to the apostles at different times. Alright? 1 John chapter 4, look at verse 9. Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Very important. Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Is in this, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that He might live through Him. In this is love. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Just listen to those words. What is love? Love is God sending His Son to die for our sins. This is love. Not that we love Him, but that He loved us first. Where? On the cross. And when I was seeing that, the Holy Spirit put this phrase in my heart. The gospel is the loudspeaker of God. The gospel is the loudspeaker of God. What do I mean? In the same way as the Father said over Jesus at Jordan, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In the same way, through the gospel message, God is speaking today to everyone who will believe, You are my beloved Son and in you I am well pleased. Amen. See, many believers are seeking spectacular experiences. Many believers. Divine encounters. To have assurance. To have assurance. If I hear God say, I love you, then I really know He loves me. Many believers are at that. Do you know what you're doing? You're giving in to the temptation of Satan that Jesus brought to Jesus. Uh, Satan brought to Jesus. If you are waiting for a special experience to prove to you God loves you, you are stepping out of the Word and into trying to transform stone to bread. Amen. Even seeking audible voices. See, the audible voice is not the confirmation God loves you. The confirmation God loves you is the gospel. The gospel. The cross. The Bible says this is love. Not that you hear from God in a special angelic way. No, this is love. God died for you on the cross. Jesus became your propitiation, your mercy seat. See, you need to realize that the cross 
Redemption is God's loudspeaker. And through the gospel message, God is screaming every day to the world, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And if you are a believer, God is screaming to you every day, I love you, I love you. And yet so many believers, they ignore the gospel and we go looking for stone to make it bread. Amen. From the day I saw this, some years back, I have stopped depending. Look at this. You must understand. I have stopped depending on external evidences such as experiences, blessings, promotion, breakthrough to prove to me that God loves me. I don't need anything else except the message of the cross, the gospel. All of these experiences are welcome. I pursue it. But it is all second, secondary. Everyone says secondary. It's secondary. We don't pursue these things with the hope that this will be my security. I pursue tongues and gifts and so on. Why? To be a more effective Christian to the lost. But in my relationship with God, for the affirmation to know I am loved, I don't need angelic visitations. I don't even need an audible voice. The gospel is God's loudspeaker. Come on, say this with me. The gospel is God's loudspeaker. See, the proof, the proof, even in Jesus' case, the proof that He was the Son of God was the Father's Word. The proof that the Father loved Him was not that He would jump from the temple and angels would come and hold Him. No, not that experience. The Father's Word is enough. The Father's voice is enough. And so it must be in our lives. The good news in Christ. God speaks to us through His Son. The good news in Christ is enough to give me assurance. I am a child of God. I am righteous and I am loved. Hallelujah. To give me assurance about God's plan in my life. The assurance of God's plan in my life is not my past. It's not my past. Many people look at your past and say, well, God has blessed me. I mean, I think He will bless me in the future also. No, it's not your past. No matter what your past is, your, your future is assured in the gospel if you will believe. Hallelujah. Amen. When I, listen, when I learn to listen, I mean, it's very important. If you are a teacher, preacher, you need to take notes. I mean, if you... Learn to listen to the voice of God in the Word of God. I tell you, when you learn to do that, you can hear from God every day. Hallelujah. Because every day through the gospel, I hear, I love you, Sean. I love you, Sean. I love you. Every day. I don't need an audible voice. I don't need letters written in gold blazing in the sun. The gospel is a more clear revelation that God loves me than any spiritual experience I have. Many theologians write about the silence of God. Silence of God. Even famous preachers. And they talk about how God was silent in the dark seasons. But the way they teach makes it seem like God is more silent than speaking. And we will expect more dark seasons 
than brilliant seasons. But listen, I believe that God does allow us to go through silent seasons where we must learn to walk in faith, trusting in His Word alone. But in Scripture, the overwhelming witness is that God speaks more than He keeps silent. Even the silent years of Scripture, from the time of Malachi to John the Baptist, was about 400 years only. 400 years only. The overwhelming witness is that God speaks more than He keeps silent, not only in the Bible, but also in church history. Hallelujah. Amen. See, I believe that many think God is silent, not because God is, but because they don't know how to hear the Father's voice. Many people think that God is silent because they are thinking God would speak through a burning bush, through angelic, peop angelic voices, an audible voice, angels with flaming swords, whereas they don't hear the Father's voice whispering daily through the Word, through the Gospel, I love you, I love you, I love you. Through the cross, I accept you, I accept you, I accept you. You are blessed, you are blessed, you are blessed every day. Through the Gospel. For when I know that God in the gospel says, this is love. That he loved me first, gave his son for me. You know what it will produce in me? In the same case as Jesus, security for my identity. Confirmation that I am loved. And I don't need any other confirmation from external circumstances. And number three, I can be patient that God will bring success his way. I don't have to compromise to the ways of the world. I don't have to give in to sin. I don't have to be jealous of other people's success. I don't have to be insecure of other people's well-being. He will bring it to pass His way. His way. My part is to worship Him. In every area of my life, to be in obedience without compromising to sin. Hallelujah. I pray you get this revelation. How do we hear the Father's voice? Like I said first, hear the Father's voice in the gospel. That is how God speaks to us today. Number two, hear the Father's voice through the Holy Spirit's presence. The Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. From the moment you get born again, the Holy Spirit is in you. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has filled you to overflowing. And now, the Holy Spirit abides with you permanently. He is in you. There is life in you. There is anointing in you. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. Not it. He's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. So I hear my father's voice this way. In the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit in my heart, I hear daily the Father's voice. If people are waiting for an audible voice, let me tell you, you may never hear audible voice in your whole life. Does that mean God doesn't love you? And then some prophet comes up on stage and says, while I was praying, I heard the audible voice of God. Everyone's like, wow. 
He's more special than me. And that is where we don't really understand the ways of the Scripture and the ways of God. You don't need to hear audible voice. If you hear, it's wonderful. But every day, you are experiencing the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit in you. Yes or no? Yes. There's peace. The kingdom is peace, righteousness, joy in the Holy Spirit. There's this sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit that abides in you. And in that abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, you don't need to hear a voice. In that sweet abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, God is shouting to you, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And we ignore that and we want that spectacular. See, many times I ask God, Lord, where are you? I don't hear anything. But in my heart, there's this peace, this sweet delight of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? That's what God is saying. In that sweet communion, God is saying, I'm here. I'm here. I don't have to look outside and say, God, where are you? Rainbow! Whoa! Rainbow! Nagaland rainbow! God really loves us! Wow! Rainbow! During the signing of the declaration, See. If God loves us, coronavirus will not come. Don't tempt God. Whether coronavirus came to Nagaland or did not come, it's not a proof of His love. The proof of His love is the cross. If you go by that argument, God hates America, man. God hates Brazil. And God loves China because now China no more. Don't go by all these external evidences. When we do that, we will get out of faith. Amen. Our life becomes unstable. And that's how Satan can tempt us, trip us, cause us to fall. Hallelujah. I pray. And all I sense is peace. And you know what? The Father is saying that. The Father is saying, peace. Peace. That's what the Father is saying. That's the voice of the Father in the Holy Spirit's abiding presence in me. Sometimes I pray and I sense joy. Well, that's what the Father is saying. The Father is saying joy. Amen. You see, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, wherein Paul says, despise not prophecies. Despise not prophecies. Why should he use the word despise? You know why? Because Christians, we despise the humility of the simple and we are looking for the brilliance of the spectacular and that's why when God speaks to you through your pastor giving you instructions you despise it you don't obey the pastor's word When God speaks to you through your father, children, they despise it. 
You see, maturity, one of the signs of maturity is this. You will listen to people even when they give gentle instructions. Please don't do it. No. But if the leader has to come and say, please don't do it. Mama, Then only we obey. No? You don't know how to listen to the Father's voice in the humility of the simple. Despise not the Father's voice when He speaks to you every day through the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. See, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit is Him saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Hey, relax, I'm there with you. That's what He's saying. Ah, but we don't want to accept that. We just want to see signs all the time, fire all the time. I know some people, whenever they go to new mission places, they're always looking for angels somewhere, looking for, uh, if there's a cloud, hey, that's an angel, huh? Some flame, oh, that's angels, huh? Nothing wrong with that. But they are not the signs that He loves me. See, the communion of the Holy Spirit within me is a sure sign, is a more sure sign. See, more sure than the Shekinah glory in the Old Testament is the Holy Spirit in me today. Amen. That's more sure. Hallelujah. Say, as mature Christians, we must learn to listen to the soft voice of the Father and obey. And one way I've learned that is to listen to the soft requests of your leaders and obey. Don't wait for your leader to shout at you, then you start working. We're still being childish when we do that. Only when there's a harsh statement, suddenly everyone's in line. Why? Amen. Hallelujah. God speaks in the humility of the silence as much as it does in the brilliance of the spectacular. Write that down. Quote me if you're going to preach because this, I've heard only me say this. Make sure you quote my name, huh? This is the inner witness of the Holy Spirit in us. Doesn't have the visions or dreams. Or even audible voice. The sweet communion of the Holy Spirit within us is His assurance. His assurance. His voice. That's His voice. And you know how that voice comes sometimes? The voice of the Father comes through the preaching. And if you are in your spirit, yes, this is the true word. That's the voice of the Father. The voice of the Father is in the voice of the preacher. In the voice. I'm not saying the preacher's voice is the father's voice. No. But in the preaching of the preacher, there is the father's voice. We have to learn to listen to the father's voice. Every Sunday, you can hear the father speaking to you. But if you think it's just a sermon, you will come and you will sleep. Not only that, the Father's voice is there when somebody comes and prays for you. I have experienced this so many times. When people come and we just pray together as a 
people are praying over me, in the prayers of the people, the Father is speaking to my heart, assuring me. Why? His voice is in the body. The Father's voice is in the body. And when the body will love one another, the Father is speaking to you. And yet many times you will despise those simple things. I will go and fellowship only with mystics up in the mountains. I'm only looking for prophets. I don't want to hang with the ordinary believers. Some of us have that attitude. That's called pride. The voice of the Father is in the body. So many times when somebody came and just prayed for me, I just wept. Because in His voice, the Father was communicating to my heart His love. I was experiencing the Father's love. That person was just a vessel. But the Father's voice was there. In the body. In the sermon. Hallelujah. These two are connected. The Word and the Spirit. Believing the Gospel produces the peace. The assurance of His abiding presence. Hallelujah. See, in the Gospel is different. The Bible says, he will write His laws in our hearts. And all of us shall know the Lord from the least to the greatest, the smallest to the highest. All of us shall know. The word know means know Him experientially. It's not like in the Old Testament. No, it's today is different. We have a vital connection with God. The silent times should be rare, not common. But, but I, I want God to answer my question now. I want God to speak to me like question answer. God will speak to you what He needs to speak to you. And if you're asking a lot of questions, Lord, why? Lord, ah, Lord, ah, ah, and you cry and you pray. And at the end, in your heart, all you sense is peace. That's what God said. God said, hey, chill. That's the voice of the Father. That's the Father answering you. The, the Father's answering you by just giving you sweet communion. And He's saying, trust. You don't need to know all the questions. Answer it right now. The Father is saying, hey, relax. Trust my love. But then Satan comes and tells you, hey, come with me take you up on the mountain and say, I will give you the new car. I will give you that beautiful girl. I will give you if you will bow down and worship me and lie and cheat and steal. That's what he does. I will give you that fame. I will give you that popularity. If you will just copy this person, copy that person. And not obey God. Hallelujah. The Father's voice. You can hear the Father's voice every day. Every day. Every day. That's what I believe. Next Sunday, we'll talk about the spectacular ways God speaks. Even the spectacular ways are very gentle. Very simple, very humble. 
Hallelujah. And that's why we must really understand to train ourselves. Jesus, the Bible says, He did not judge by the seeing of His eye or the hearing of His ear. But He was dependent on the Holy Spirit. Dependent on the Holy Spirit. Paul says, despise not prophecies. The prophecy was genuine, but the temptation is to despise it because it comes very humble. Very humble. Very humble. Whereas most of us are looking for spectacular things. In the past, I would go to a sermon, uh, to a place to preach. And after I preach, if no one got healed, I would be very discouraged. Going back home and thinking, Lord, you don't love me or what? Nobody got healed. But whether people got healed in the service is not an indication of whether God loves me. God loves me comes from the knowledge of the gospel. See, if you're always dependent on something external to happen, something external for God to prove that He loves you, you're a son of God, that you are, you know, in the favor of God, then you're going to get out of faith. You're going to get into your feelings. You're going to get into your rational thoughts. You're going to get into um, your flesh. And that's how Satan incites our flesh. When Satan came to Jesus and says, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. It was a temptation to act from the flesh and not the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. As an earthly father, what can you learn from this? You can learn this. Your voice is important to your children. So every day, speak good news to your children. What is good news to your children? Tell them, hey, you are amazing. Tell them, I love you. Tell them, I'm supporting you. Tell them, in life, you will go through difficulty. But do not give up. Tell them, you are smart. You have the ability. You can do well in life. That is good news. That is good news. That is called good speaking. Some fathers will tell their children, you will never make it. You're prophesying over your children. No, my, son, my son is so stupid, he will never make it. What a brilliant father. You're a prophet over your children. Speak good over your children. Hallelujah. Number two, be present with them. The Father's present with you every day through the Holy Spirit. Be present. Look for moments where you can be together. Hallelujah. See, even your presence is a voice. It speaks louder than words. That's why the Father's presence with us through His Spirit speaks louder than words. Speaks louder than dreams. Believe the word. And the third thing, love your children in spectacular ways. Because there are times God speaks to us spectacular ways. 
So love your children in spectacular ways, but they're not very often. Every day you don't buy a birthday gift for them, right? It's once a year. Right? You celebrate them once or twice a year. Christmas. So do it generously. Do it spectacularly. But those are not every day. If you make it every day, it becomes, you know, it loses the taste. But there are times you must celebrate your children in spectacular ways too, as fathers. Hallelujah. Come. Let's look to the Lord in prayer right now. Whatever you're going through in your life, people who are watching online, people here, whatever you're going through, let's come to the Father. Let's come to the altar of our Heavenly Father. And let's just commune with Him. Let's take five minutes to just pray, release our burdens, our hurts, our pains, our petitions, our desires, our dreams, our hopes, our trust. So we do that. Let's pray together right now as we sing. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9 8, that God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.